Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Connor Layden, who has developed the uh, app called uh, Trust App. How are you doing, Connor? I'm very good, thank you. So, kind of start off, tell me about your background and how you developed the Trust App. Yeah, so um, I grew up in in uh, Cork in Ireland, and I went to UCC. And when when I was in college, um, I was doing engineering. I was I'm a big Liverpool fan, football fan. So I was travelling over and back a couple of times a year to watch games over in the UK, and um, I kept encountering the same problem where. I would have my flights and my accommodation for the game sorted and I'd be trying to find a second-hand ticket uh, on, like, Done Deal or on, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere yeah. like that. Um, and the same the same thing would, would keep arising where I'd find the seller and they'd say, look, I still have the ticket for sale, but you got to send me the money first. And I wasn't very comfortable doing that. Um, and, you know... I actually got away with it a couple of times, but it wasn't a very pleasant experience, but you kind of have to take the risk. And I also got scammed. I thought, you know, there must be a better way of doing this. And that's where the concept of Trust App originated from. And how does it work? So what what it is, essentially, is a transaction platform that's specifically designed for people who are buying or selling with strangers. So we have two main models. One is for online transactions where the item in question is being sent by post, so like that, tickets, jewellery, electronics are commonly transacted through the platform. Um, and then we also have another model for face-to-face transactions where the item can't be shipped because it's too big, like a, a car or a house, um, or the people just want to do the transaction in person. So again, common items we see are vehicles, animals, things like that. Um, yeah. So when, it's, when you're doing this, how does it actually work? So like, how does a person get the money and how do you get the product you bought? Okay, so if we take the online model, for example, um, it's essentially like a personal escrow system. So the buyer's money is always held until different milestones are completed. So you can do the transaction through we have an iOS app, an Android app, we even have an online uh, web platform. And we're also integrated with some marketplaces. So that's where you could you could do the transaction through those mediums. Um, but like I said, the buyer's money is held until different transactional milestones are met and it's released to the seller at that point. So if you take the online model, we have integrations with over 600 courier companies and postal services. So we know when the item has arrived at the buyer's door, when it's been signed for, uh, and that triggers a kind of complaints period. And once that lapses, uh, the, the funds are released straight away to the seller. And if they go to PayPal or bank, how, how, where do they go? So it goes in, it, it's... Um, Bank details, really. So you can pay with a debit card or credit card, yeah. and it's transferred directly to your bank. Yeah. So you didn't put in Ireland, you didn't put your IBAN, and it would be transferred directly in there. And is this also been used worldwide as well? Yes, yeah, so we get um, a lot of transactions uh, from all over the place. Really, we we have a just the platforms that you build using Stripe to process the payments. And one of the brilliant things about Stripe is that. Um, the accessibility it gives you to different currencies and countries. So, you know, we could have somebody in Singapore buying from somebody in Canada and uh, that transaction can go to that platform, no, no problem. 
talking about currencies, have you got into crypto yet for this or is it just normal currencies? No, this is just normal currencies at the moment. It is something we're keeping an eye on, but um, it's, I suppose it's probably something we'd look at on the roadmap kind of down the line. We have looked at kind of uh, blockchain or we'll, we'll say smart contracts in particular um, seem to be perfect really for the kind of scenarios we're encountering. Yeah. But again, it's kind of a little bit further down our, our development roadmap. We're kind of focusing on what we have at the moment and trying to grow the business um, using the kind of the platform and the technology we have already built. When did your platform first launch? So the idea, obviously, um, I had when I was in college. That's been, uh, I suppose, we've been developing on that for a while. This this version of the platform, the latest version of the platform, we launched about eight months ago. So, um, you know, we had versions of the platform before that that were, you know, honestly a work in progress, to put it to put it mildly. You know, you, you, when you're starting off, it's very yeah. difficult to nail it uh first time so we you know had to gather a lot of feedback and a very iterative process but we where we are now we're kind of happy with how the platform is and there's still a bit of work to be done um but um yeah it's been it's been live for about eight months now and where would you say is your biggest market i well we, we're, the kind of main markets that we're seeing transactions from at the moment are the english-speaking uh, countries. So you have obviously Ireland and the UK, the US and Canada and Australia and New Zealand. But obviously population wise, the US is probably the biggest market, but most of our transactions are still from Ireland and the UK um, probably just because we haven't really focused our marketing efforts on the US or down in Australia and New Zealand uh, quite yet. Yeah, and I guess the next stage is to focus in those areas. Yeah, that's part of our kind of expansion um, plan. So you know, we we will have the resources next year to cast our, our net a little wider and try and focus on some of those markets. So that's definitely on the pipeline, yeah. At the moment, are you just bootstrapping or have you got any any uh, investment? We raised we raised a seed round um, uh, kind of, yeah, recently enough, um, which which has been great. Um, it's good validation for kind of the progress we've made so far, but and it also just enables us to build the team a little bit more. And like I said, marketing resources really um, something that it was difficult to do um, last year, just given you know the budget that we had. And also, I guess with that, also you're also able to maybe form any partnerships abroad, like with new, like maybe Etsy or something like that, or, or on the platforms you can form with them a good partnership. Exactly. They're the, kind of, they're the kind of marketplaces that we're looking to partner with. And by closing the round, it means that we actually now do have um, the budget and the resources to go and properly target those markets, whether it's attending conferences um, or even just flying you know, around the place for meetings, um, which makes a big difference. Um, we've seen, like as we've started to do that now over the last couple of months, has been um, a big uptake or it, it's gone quite well. Um, and so that's kind of we're hoping to build on that now in 2020. And also, what you've just done a seed round, that more is validates to future clients uh, that basically your product is viable. Exactly. And, you know, we've had investments that are, you know, a lot of interest from strategic uh, partners as well. So it's in the space, whether it's marketplaces, we've had, you know, big marketplace investors who have been interested in the product. And that's that's it better validation again still um, because there are people that know the industry and they really like what we're doing and they can see see it working quite well which is which is brilliant and it's a nice boost for everyone involved 
because the worst thing is when you're doing online selling and buying, the worst thing is the worry of getting scammed. At least you're trying to make sure that problem doesn't occur as much or occur at all. Yeah, it's actually like there, there are a lot of use cases for it where we've where we've kind of seen the most. Um, I suppose most transactions come from have been peer-to-peer transactions, yeah. kind of like the problem I originally encountered. So, you know, there are lots of peer-to-peer marketplaces um, in Ireland. Like, for example, Dundee is probably the one people um, would use most commonly or Facebook marketplace. Yeah. And these are kind of environments where there's lots of great deals to be had, but you don't really know the person you're buying from and you can't really trust them. And, and ultimately it leads to, scams and fraud and it also leads to just transactions not happening at all because of that kind of distrust so we're trying to basically solve this problem of the, the lack of trust that's there and we think if you can bring trust to the marketplace um, the number of transactions would increase and we can enable more people to buy and sell yeah for me the worst thing is if you're buying a ticket and say it's from Ticketmaster and so it's a, it's one that's been printed off how do you know for example that you're not getting a copy of a printout already Exactly, and like that's that's a really common problem. Um, most of the time, when people are scammed online, nothing actually arrives at all. So you're dealing with people who you know say their name um, is one thing, and then should they could have a completely different identity. Lots of like, I suppose, payment platforms nowadays have moved towards speed and ease of use. Like you know, like I use Revolut all the time. I think yeah. it's brilliant, but not necessarily safe to use with a stranger or someone you don't know because it's very easy for them to essentially disappear off the face of the earth. Um, and that's kind of a problem we see quite a lot, and that's why people seem to get value out of our solution, because it's as kind of quick and easy to use as these modern payment wallets, but um, it kind of has the security of, let's say, traditional escrow companies. Yeah, for me, for example, if, for example, a, a famous artist is coming down to play concerts, and you know it's going to, tickets going to sell out within minutes, the problem is, if you try to buy one off a reseller, you got to make sure that that's genuine and you don't know if it is or not. Exactly, and like um, I know from my my own sake, I was in um, I was in Madrid last May for the Champions League final yeah. um, when Liverpool were playing Tottenham, and um, there were some absolute horror stories of people who bought, you know, thousand, five thousand euro tickets on the morning of the game, only to have them just torn up when they tried to go through the turnstiles because they just weren't real. Yeah. Um, especially when you get closer to these big events, desperation increases and people will spend more money and they're, you know, they're willing to take more of a chance. And that's really when the kind of scammers or fraudsters capitalize on, you know, normal, hardworking people who don't, can't afford to be scammed. Um, and that's just tickets, you know, you, when you look at other things where there's a huge problem with fakes being generated, like jewelry and electronics, um, it really helps to have that kind of uh, security blanket, I where you can you know check that the item is legitimate before before the funds are released. Yeah, and I guess this time of year coming towards Christmas, when well, a lot of money is spent on buying presents, you're going to make sure that if you buy somebody a ticket or, or you said a, a watch or trying to gift, you're going to make sure it's genuine because you you're throwing money out, throwing bad money away then. Exactly, and like you know, lots of people like I suppose the hard and fast rule, you know, is if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Although there are still very good bargains to be be found around Christmas time from peer-to-peer marketplaces, you know, some something that's really valuable to one person might just be surplus to requirements for someone else. So there are always deals to be found, but like we would really encourage people to be careful when they are buying and selling and like, you know, for the sake of, 
you know, a very, very small percentage fee, which is what we charge for the for the yeah. security. It's a lot better than losing out on the the price of the item or for buying something that's fake or whatever, maybe might just not turn up at all. The worst thing is when someone says to me that you should always look at the person's reviews online and see how good they are. Now, how do you know that the reviews there aren't set up by the vendor or scam reviews? You can't tell that for certain. Well, they, exactly. So, like, we don't use a review-based system because yeah. for a number of reasons. Well, first of all, it's quite difficult for, we'll say, new sellers or once-off sellers to sell an item if they don't have a reputation already, and they could be perfectly legitimate. So that's one side of it. But also, you see on eBay and sites like this, especially with higher-value items, if you have a four-star rating, you can still scam one in every five people and you'll still have a four-star rating. And that's, you know, something that people are kind of taking advantage of. And on sites like Amazon and other ones, you know, there isn't really much verification done in terms of when you're posting a review and you could have, you know, your family or lots of your friends or even just yourself on multiple profiles reviewing your own item. And it really gives the false sense of security then to the buyers in particular. And the one thing I found for, like an Amazon, I knew somebody who once bought a dead dress for their daughter and the dress was the wrong size. And the address was given was the UK, but it was shipped from Hong Kong. So they yeah. couldn't get it back in time. That kind exactly. of stuff, you've you got to know when you're buying a product, where it's shipped from so that, um, and, uh, and that the address that they're giving you is where it's from. Because if you have to send it back and get it fixed or replaced, it would take a month to get it back and replaced. That's time you haven't got. Exactly, and it's, it's also money that you're without for a long time. Um, so it's a cash flow problem as well. So like we kind of try and, as much as possible, ensure that everything is done transparently. So everybody knows where the money is and where the item is at all stages of the transaction. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of updated live uh, in real time. And I think that's really important because that helps to give peace of mind if you know that you know, you can just log in and see where the money's been held and the item is out for delivery or whatever it may be, um, that you that you have full full view of everything and that you can kind of have peace of mind then as a result. Because I've had it for in a past, people have bought stuff online and then they give me a tracking code. A tracking code doesn't work at all on, a, on the system they've been told to. It might be like on post something else. So they'll type in this code and it will track where your product is. And chances are, this doesn't work. And by that point, it's the money's gone and you're left and high and dry. Exactly. And so we we have kind of mechanisms in place to ensure that that can happen, really. If you're doing a trust that transaction, um, as, a, as a buyer, the seller will have to have put in a real tracking code. And that means that you can track it, like, wherever wherever the item may be along the, along the journey. And that's kind of always shown to you at all, at all times. Um, I guess you also I think mentioned, that's really important. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier that you, you deal with certain career companies. I guess by making yeah. sure you only deal with a select few, you're less than chance of anything happening, going wrong. Yeah, so what we do actually is we um, we kind of liaise with the seller a bit through the process. So there is a drop-down list of like our supported currencies, yeah. or sorry, our supported couriers. And so in Ireland, um, we would support all the major courier companies and obviously on posts. Yeah. Any kind of national postal service in Europe, really, we would support. But if somebody does want to use a kind of smaller courier company or a private courier company, they can still do that as long as that company has publicly available, you know, registered post or tracking information. And then we would liaise with the seller. So we would make sure that that tracking code is legitimate and that it can actually be used before, before the transaction can progress. 
So we encourage them to use kind of the ones that we support, but it's not it's not completely out of the question to use another company as long as that information is available. Yeah, but at least basically you're going through the process of making sure that the uh, technical, the current company is genuine and, and not one that is so small you can't find anything, anything on, which is good. So the buyer and seller are both reassured. Exactly. Like in Ireland and the UK, um, it isn't actually as much of a problem as it is in emerging markets. You have like a lot of, um, like obviously when you're not, you don't have a presence there and you don't have a team base there, no local knowledge. Really, it's difficult to know whether current companies are legitimate or not. And in those markets, we kind of do enforce that uh, a courier from the drop down is chosen just because we know that they're legitimate. Yeah, I guess basically you go what's safe. Better devil you know than, than, than what you don't know. Exactly, exactly. So I guess uh, your next plans are uh, from this, because you're gonna, your, your, your product sounds great on how, how you make, how you reshare the buyer and the seller. So I guess hopefully your next plan is in the next year or two to uh, target America, Australia, Canada, as you said earlier. Yeah, definitely. There, well, there are opportunities, you know, it, I suppose... Even in the emerging markets, like I said, so if you take Africa, for example, where, you know, more and more of the population of Africa now have smartphones and yeah. the infrastructure technology-wise hasn't necessarily caught up, but they also have a huge problem with scams and fraud and things like that. So we can we, we need to, I suppose, do a little bit more work and identify where, you know, we can provide the most value. Yeah. Um, the odds are that we will be um, looking at the U.S. probably next year as well. Um, but we still have a bit of work to do, I guess, in identifying um, where the product fits in uh, internationally best because there are a lot of options and there's a lot of ways you can go and it's kind of important that we, we get it right. Yeah. And I guess also you're kind of worried in a way about Brexit. Is that an issue for you guys? Um, it's not so much an issue for us. Like, I suppose we don't really have a you know physical product that, we're, that will you know have to be shipped or anything like yeah. that that will that would have a huge effect on it. Um, I guess time will tell, like most people, I suppose, it's, it, it's very, very difficult to know what will actually happen. Obviously, there's a lot of speculation. Um, maybe, it would in, maybe it would lead to an increase in um, peer-to-peer buying and selling, in which case uh, our solution will be you know, even more valuable to people. Um, so it's very difficult to know, but I don't think it's going to have anywhere near the same effect as it will for companies where, you know, they have a physical product, so I suppose we're fortunate from that point of view. Right now, where can we go and find your app? So the app, like if people just want to use um, TrustApp online, you can just log in at trustapp.com, so T-R-U-S-T-A-P.com. Um, and then also there's apps available to download from the Apple iOS store and the Android, the Google Play store. So that's where you can use it and we'll be live on kind of more marketplaces now uh, towards the start of next year as well so there's direct integrations with them but probably the best place to get it right now would be trustapp.com I would say Alright thanks very much Connor, and have a great day and good luck with your future uh, products Thanks very much Ron thanks, much appreciate it Thank you bye, bye.